How do you feel about being robbed harder than Shangela in All Stars 3? Uh, has anyone called the police? Or... <laughs> There's been a robbery! Yes, yes, I need to. I, I, I need to fill out, I, um, you know, I need to fill out some forms, I think, for a report. You need a crime reference number. That's what you need. You do. You do for insurance purposes. <laughs> Divina and I'm Ricky and welcome to Fierce Slay Talk, a decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond, whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? So welcome back to Fierce Slay Talk. This week we are beside ourselves with excitement to have returning to us the Queen of Spooktown, the Doyenne of Burlesque Cabaret and Vaudeville Impster. It is the incredible Mr. Joe Black. Hooray! Welcome back. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. I'm are you we're well? Talk- we're talking sooner than I expected. Okay. <laughs> I know. So I've only just been with you and I've returned again. Not that it isn't an absolute pleasure to chat with you, but... I know. Yeah, I was hoping it would have taken a little bit longer to get to talk to you. I'm for you, Ming. I am for you, Ming. I'm so mad. I think they're absolutely out of their minds. Both you and Tracy Beaker, absolutely human. So there we go. You don't need any more validation than myself and Tracy Beaker. (laughs) Listen. If anybody really knows what's going on in the world, it's me and Tracy Beaker. <laughs> so the last time we spoke, though, Joe, which wasn't as long ago as I would have liked, I would have liked another at least four or five weeks before I got to speak to you again. But the last time we spoke to you, you were but a local girl, which I hate that term. I think it's, I think it's really pernicious and it's... Um, dismissive but we're going to use it you were but a local girl and now you are a rue girl how does that feel oh it, it, it's um you know obviously i've been uh, holding the secret dear to my cold dead black heart uh for <laughs> since you know for pretty much a whole year now you know it's, it's pretty much a year from when we got a call saying you might be on drag race uk but it wasn't the final call okay, so it's yeah pretty okay. much a year from that, like, you're right near the finish line, but not quite yet. Um, so it's been a long okay. year of deceit and lies. And uh, where did you go? Oh, I went uh, on a cruise. Um, <laughs> yeah, somewhere around the Mediterranean. Yeah, that's, I told people I was in, I was, I'd gone on a cruise around the Mediterranean. Where were you when you, when you were having that phone call? Because the the phone call that you're talking about that was exactly a year before that wasn't quite the one, but was almost the one. Because I was in panto rehearsals when I got mine with Danny Beard and I'm like ferreted away in the corner going, oh, yes, okay, yes, I'm sure that's mm, very good, yes, mm -hmm, okay, okay. You know, try my best not to piss my knickers on the floor um, while Danny is in the corner looking at me going, what are you having a phone call about? Uh, <laughs> exactly. So where, what was going on at that point? Uh, on a train with uh, another drag performer. Uh, and my phone went off. 
and I said hello uh, and then they said hi this is the Drag Race UK casting team are you able to talk and I looked at the friend I was with and I went yes and then just sort of stood up and like just walked down to the end of the carriage and then uh, I was obviously they could like see me in the distance going mm-hmm. mm. ah yes and then I came back and sat down and just calmly placed down my phone and they went is everything all right and I went perfectly normal nothing's <laughs> happened here <laughs> that is exactly the same as me I was like oh yes Okay, yes, the weather's lovely. Um, all good, yes. Christmas was great as well. <laughs> like, just, I can't, I'm in a room with loads of other people, but yeah, I can totally talk. So, so weird. It was so funny. That night, it was, uh, I had done a drag con after party. It was the night um, after that. And that night, I had seen Ginny Lemon. And the last thing she said to me, she had had many, many drinks. And the last thing she said to me, she pointed and she went, I think you're going to get a call soon. <laughs> and she was right. And then I was a little hungover on the train as well. So that nothing can quite bring you, you know, out. Like, that's quite the adrenaline shot, isn't it? Absolutely. And um, as Davina was just saying about you being a Rue girl now, are there any of the Rue girls who have inspired you before um, and also from the show that you've just done? I mean, I think I, uh, what inspires me is how, especially on, 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 you know, the UK one, is everyone is so uniquely them. Sometimes with the American one, I can find that a couple of people, like, blend into each other. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, they're still absolutely wonderful, but, you know, uh, there's been quite a lot of them. And sometimes I go, who was the one that did this? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, there'll be moments that they got to okay. me, but, you know, uh, I, love, I love Jinx Monsoon, and we're friends. Um, and she, she inspires me on a personal and professional level. Okay. Um, Sa- Sasha Valor as okay. well. Just the, the dedication to, uh, to their artistry. I find yeah. really, really inspiring. And, you know, I've been doing, you know, cabaret shows since before Drag Race started. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, obviously, and Davina, you know, we've spoken about this before, how it, it started off barely androgynous you know i was always wearing makeup and and something yeah. a bit fancy um and now how it's slowly become kind of you know the monster you see before you today and uh, <laughs> i think stuff like drag race the way visually things are pushed you know all of these people adapting to themes and all of these things people just you know come out with and it's it, it makes you go yes, I want to be bigger, I want to be bigger, I want to be better, I want to grow and evolve and become huge and all, just, you know, that, there's such a wonderful visual element to it. Yeah, definitely. And you're a very unique drag queen. So I think actually, like, this is why I'd love to have seen more because your take on challenges would have been incredibly interesting. Um, oh, don't you worry. We, we, we've say... had some beautiful photo shoots done of the, good, entire, good. the entire series. I'm really excited to see all of those. Those... Those are kind of one of my favorite things to look at is once somebody has left, actually what they do with the with the costumes afterwards. You know, what is it that you're, how are you going to portray and give me the full idea of what this outfit was about? Because that's... It's not on the runway. You, you were able to curate all of that. Exactly. Exactly. And so 
you you are a particularly creative person, and you know I've had a little gander at some of your offerings online, and uh, you have like a a, a real um, strong way of pulling apart the the framework and the function and the kind of norms of burlesque and cabaret. Um, I'm I'm interested to find out where that creative process comes from and how you sort of start with an idea and end up with like a finished product. What is the process that you go through from beginning to end from those ideas? I mean, I'm really, I'm really interested in um, bringing to life a, a vibe or an image. Uh, so I particularly love old, uh, I mean, uh, like Otto Dix paintings, I'll use as an example. You know, it's very grotesque paintings and then like what do I take from that what does that sound like how does that translate into into real life what does the makeup look like for that what's the background music what's the behind doing taking these these things and and, and putting them into this sort of very specific fantasy world because I you know I'm I'm very much um I don't want to say set in my ways but I'm set in my ways uh I like I like what I like and whether I'm doing a Spice Girls song or, you know, something from the Three Penny Opera, there's something that I, there's a vibe and an energy that I want to achieve. Um, and it's, you know, it's sometimes things don't work. Sometimes they work immediately, like Spice Girls on the accordion just somehow worked immediately. Do you know what I mean? It, it, <laughs> it, it seemed to make sense and come together. Um, and, and sometimes it just clicks, like my, my cover of George Formby's Cleaning Windows, I worked with um, uh, Rococo Chanel, who's a, a drag performer in in and a musical person in Brighton, and they they were the one that did the arrangement for for cleaning windows, and it was literally came from I've got you know I'm looking at it right now I've got a you know m music of the you know where is the 1930s 100 years of popular music series, and it's just one of the one of the songs in there how it's supposed to be played which is all nice and happy. And then we just sort of flicked through and we went, which one of these can we make miserable? And, and, you know, how can we make this a dirge? How can we, we can make this something that sounds like the place it should be in, you know, a dark, smoky bar, uh, you know, people with, you know, too much eyeshadow on drinking gins and slouch seductively with cigarette holders. How can we take that and make it that? Okay, so how how come you how come you decided um, when you went for the Spice Girls one to do that track, or is it because it's so opposite and so happy normally? I love I love taking things and turning it on their heads. So like I mean, like the, the the cleaning windows is it's such a joyful, silly song, and to mm -hmm. make it suddenly almost sound like it could be used in the trailer for a horror film uh, yeah. was, <laughs> was was lovely. And the, the, I mean, Spice Up Your Life, the Spice Girls in general, I think is just um, quite a jo quite joyful. Uh, yeah. music isn't it right. um so i and also the fact that i play it on accordion is very absurd it does no last time we spoke um you were talking about glenn close um and uh, meeting her we've had a little scan of your instagram you've met quite a few famous faces though haven't you who were your favorites do you think which, which so which ones do you want to know about i'll tell, I'll tell you what you want to hear okay i want to know about them all like you so there's going to be obvious uh, comparisons with 
other drag race girls. You know, that happens to all of us, doesn't it? So, I mean, the obvious one is... Yeah, but the obvious one is obviously Sharon Needles, even though what you do is very different, actually. So, you know, because people are a bit stupid, they're going to go, oh, well, she's just a Sharon Needles, even though actually what you do and actually your... Uh, your basic look, you know, your actual aesthetic are completely different to each other. But, oh, she's a bit spooky. She must be Sharon Needles. So, you know, I want to know, like, who are the the, the favourite people that you've met and why? What are the things that sort of uh, about them made you go, oh, that was a brilliant experience or like a really unexpected experience? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll uh, just on the Sharon Needles, though, one of my favourite comments uh, I saw online was uh, someone said, Sharon without surgery, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious, as opposed to Sharon, Sharon with surgery. And then I was like, as opposed to Sharon without surgery? Like, have they seen <laughs> Sharon needles? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, so it's just, uh, but also another comment I thought was hilarious was someone said, I'm so glad the Joker found a passion for drag after his life of crime. Um, <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, on, in terms of meeting people, meeting Glenn Close was amazing. Um, she was so lovely, so lovely. And I, I looked after a dog for her. Um, I, I, I dog sat for, for about half an hour and then she came back and there are pictures of me cuddling um, Pippin, who is, is Glenn Close's dog, on Glenn Close's phone. So she took lots of photos of me, which is lovely. Um, meeting Eddie Izzard was cool because I did, I did some shows with Eddie Izzard. Um, uh, and they were very, very, very lovely to me. Um, and, you know, I was having a, you know, I, you know, try not to bother people um, too much. So I was, you know, oh, and it, it, you know, they're doing their thing. They're doing their thing. I won't, I, won't, I shan't bother. Um, you know, I was just having a quiet little drink and a cigarette on my, on my own outside. And then um, they came over and said hello and said, um, like, you know, lovely it was to meet me. And it was, yeah, really, really, that was really lovely. Um, I'm trying to think of other, other famous people I've maybe met. So not not quite the same sort of thing, but David. There's an, a fashion illustrator I love called David Downton, who uh, lives in Brighton, and I've got his books, um, and I just think his work is incredible. And I'll occasionally see him around Brighton, and I didn't have the courage to say anything for the longest time. And then one day I was feeling particularly bullshy, and I saw him on the other side of the road, and I just went, "David!" And I looked confused, and I went, "Love your work." <laughs> I looked around and went. And then, <laughs> um, and then Nick Cave oh, lives in Brighton as well. I'm a, I'm a massive Nick Cave fan. I haven't had the courage to say hello to him yet, but I did nearly walk smack bang into him once when I was like looking at my phone. Bang! Looked up. Oh, 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 that's Nick Cave. Okay. And I sort of went, <laughs> just shuffled around, but my head like an owl just kept turning. Wow. Um, that was exciting. <laughs> I was listening to Nick Cave yesterday, so that's really weird that he. What then... song? Uh, I can't remember, but the I mean, him and Kylie singing together is like, you know, my favorite thing ever. Um, I can't remember what the track was that that was. Well, on. the Wild Roses Grow is the one with Kylie. Yeah, but it would just uh, the track just popped up, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that he sang this. But uh, he's got one of those voices, which you know, he just sounds a little bit drugged up and also a little bit disinterested all the time and uh, 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 you know but it's actually a really lovely way of delivering a song 
what I what I love about it, I, I'm really, really into miserable singer songwriter types. That's honestly, I, I could me and Fiona Apple. Um, <laughs> one with a piano that that had that that tells some poetry to music. You're saying this, but that's not, you know, universally true, is it? Because you are currently trying to become best friends with Sophie Ellis Baxter. <laughs> Sophie Ellis Baxter is, you know, I'm not that into pop generally, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I enjoy the odd song. Yeah, you know, uh, sometimes something will play and I'll go, "Who is this?" and people will look at me like I've lost my mind and be like, "Madonna," <laughs> and I'll go, "Ah, oh, okay." Um, but so- there's something about Sophie Ellis Baxter that brings me joy. I yeah. can't say, so, you know, if I'm ever feeling down, <laughs> I pop on Sophie and I'll be in the shower and I'll be singing along. I mean, Jerry Halliwell is my Sophie Ellis Baxter in in that instance. You know, if I'm feeling a little bit miserable, I put on a bit of Jerry Halliwell and that frivolous, silly, wonderful nonsense just cheers me up. Bag it up or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. What I've done is, so I've, I've, so far my plan has just been Twitter and very occasionally I'll tag her and go, hello, Sophie. Are we ready to be friends yet? No response, no follow. Uh, but the next step is to cover, keep covering her songs <laughs> until she notices me. Definitely. She's very classic looking. It's no wonder you like her. I reckon she'd look really good in an Agatha Christie kind of TV movie, wouldn't she? Do you know, yeah, and also know. I've done shows before when there's been people that kind of look like her in the audience and I've had to go. You so is that her? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was there was this dinner cabaret club I, uh, I I did quite a lot, you know, back when the world was open. Um, uh, and there would often there specifically be people that look like Sophie Ellis Baxter, but it was never Sophie Ellis Baxter. And once, sorry, it's off the topic of Sophie, but in in terms of doppelgangers, uh, there was a woman that looked like Nicole Kidman, and this woman that looked like Nicole Kidman really did not like me. So <laughs> it wasn't Nicole Kidman, but I was looking at a woman that looked like Nicole Kidman. That was really not having it. And that <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you, that's the most disconcerting thing that can happen to you when you're trying to do a show and you think, Nicole Kidman hates me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have just oh, told her she was brilliant. shitting the, uh, his dark materials. And that would have been fine then, wouldn't it? We don't talk about that one. Ruined that film. Oh, Ruined no. The TV it's series is gorgeous, though. Amazing. Uh, I am it's on, loving it's on my list. every second of it. It's so good. Yeah, I bought, I've got a TV license now. I got one yesterday because I was, well... Because <laughs> you had to watch BBC Three. <laughs> yeah, I had to watch BBC and I was, I was putting it off. I was putting it off and I was like, I'm not bloody paying for that. I'll pay for enough bloody streaming services. And I was like, right, Joe, now's the time you have to get your TV license. Uh, so yeah. now I can watch his dark materials. And it's brilliant. I love it. You're right, though. I always think it's outrageous that we have to pay for Spotify when we have, like, we're 17 episodes into our podcast. I'm like, why do I have to pay? Yeah. Like, I'm on... But I had to say, I was like, I'm on Drag Race. Why am I paying for license? I was like, aha! Because you, like, pay for Drag Race. (laughs) Does, it does, it does. So back to Drag Race. Um, Anyway, when you entered the workroom... Um, it, everyone was really supportive. It's quite clear that the group has um, has quite a lot of respect for you. Tell, um, how did that feel for you that moment? Like when I when I walked in, uh, I was you know walking out and I was thinking, Glenn Close looks rough, <laughs> um, and looking forward, and then I heard, "Yes, bitch!" And then I'm trying to like remain composed and posed, and in my head I'm going, "That's Ginny Lemon." 
that's Ginny Lemon. That is absolutely <laughs> Ginny Lemon. I can hear Ginny Lemon. I can hear Ginny Lemon. And, you know, what a, an adrenaline charge to walk into the Drag Race workroom and think before you even turn and see, thinking, Ginny Lemon is sat at that table. <laughs> yeah, she is. And obviously, she, visually, she would have stood out, wouldn't she, of course, as well. Oh, yeah, lovely yellow thing she is. Yeah. yeah. And so you've worked together with quite a few of the girls before you've got into the workroom. You knew who they were as well, presumably. Yeah, I was. There's a few I'd worked with um, and a few that I was familiar with, but hadn't worked with. Um, and the only the only person I wasn't that familiar with was Cherry um, and Ahura. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Those are the two I didn't I didn't really know. Um, like Veronica, I hadn't seen her, but I'd heard people talking about her. Um, Lawrence, I was already like, you know, I, I love what Lawrence does. And I met Lawrence when they first started doing drag. And uh, there was just something about them I found so charismatic. And I was like, there's something about you. <clears throat> there is something about you. Uh, so yeah, and Tace, <clears throat> you know, Tace I've crossed paths with, you know, but Tace is a bit of a whirlwind where, you know, if you're doing a gig together, they will turn up as they're on stage and then they're gone because they're going off to another show or another party or something. Mm. Um, <laughs> and a senior I had seen on Drag SOS. So you've entered the workroom. You've had the, the meet and greet with everybody else. Hi. You've not had to pay for it yet. And then finally, finally, we get the, the room mail and then RuPaul is suddenly in the room. What's that like to to have RuPaul, the actual RuPaul, suddenly in the room with you. Well, you know fine well, Davina, that RuPaul is actually a cardboard cutout <laughs> that they animate later. <laughs> um, it's actually Michelle stood back behind with a, a little stick that just moves his chin up and down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's true. You kind of like, I mean, you've done this. You know, it, it feels like being in the television. It must have been probably weirder for you because that was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, I was <laughs> I was like constantly just waiting for somebody to tell me to leave anyway. So um, I wasn't really there for much of it. I mean, I was clearly there when they told us what the prize was. But other than that, I wasn't really... <laughs> Other than that, I wasn't really in the room. You know, I was kind of not in my, my I was having an out of body experience. So tell me exactly what it was like for you, though, to finally be there. What's going through your head at that moment as she walks through those doors? I, I again, I think it like similar to you, it was definitely an out of body experience. And I watching myself in what I remember doing was standing there frozen like, like this, but it turns out I'm actually quite animated as a, as a, as a human body. Um, I thought I stood there completely stiff, like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? But actually it turns out that I'm, I'm, I'm quite mobile. Um, and also I'm very surprised when they said much better that I was the only one that did the arms. <laughs> you know, um, me and Ginny both like, oh. And it's it's so strange seeing your own reaction when you feel like you had no reaction because you were just so shocked. Yeah. You know, that's when it starts. You walked in, that's a long process. And then suddenly it begins. Yeah. And suddenly there's the danger. We're in, we're into the competition. <laughs> 
So it's fair to say that most people are shocked though that you've left so early i know davina was fuming um as well even though it was short and sweet um what's your favorite bit of the episode for you that you that you got to see last night um from watch i mean my favorite bit is the fact that i I got on there to begin with and the fact that i was nothing but 100 percent authentically myself yeah you know not once uh i going into this my intention was i'm not pandering i'm going Mm -hmm. to do me and I'm going to do me. And if it doesn't, and people keep saying, you know, would you have done anything different? But absolutely not, because I did what I wanted to do, regardless of the result. I mean, the re- the, the re- response to the result has been incredible. I'm like, I'm glad that I left, to be honest, because would I have gotten this response in episode three, four, five, six, six? Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't yeah. understand my welcome. Um, no, but not. like, what watching it, seeing other people talking about me mm-hmm. was because you know you're not privy to those mm. conversations and i particularly i the bit that i watched on repeat is my entrance uh, not for watching myself but to watch the reactions of people at the table yeah um that it just makes me so happy and the 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 the, the, the um workstation chat with a horror as well right <clears throat> that that was really really that was really gorgeous yeah, sing the love. On the That's good. So, see, what did you think when you saw? Um, obviously, you were there for your original feedback. What did you think when you got to sit to hear, hear it again, um, Michelle's comments and um, and and the rest of the judges? I'd spent a few months going. Maybe it wasn't very David Bowie. Yeah, because I, you know, that had been said, and I was like, yeah, huh. Well, I was like, maybe it looks different when you're looking at it, or maybe it looks different on television. And I did my photo shoots for it. I was like. No, it's still reading pretty David Bowie to me. I was like, but no, maybe it looks different on television. They're, they're professional judges. They couldn't be wrong. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then, uh, and then it happened. And I saw it and I was like, oh, nope, that, that, that reads fairly David Bowie. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought it was anybody else. I think that there's, there's an element of episode one where the judging is just generally totally wrong. Episode one, because there's just so many people to look at that you know you're not able as a judge i think to be really honestly uh thinking about what's going on it's all there's just too much information i think because if you look at any of this series of drag race um whether it's canada or holland or uk or us episode one is always the one where the judging is a mess like it is always a mess i think some of that is you know these people have just got together again and everybody's kind of just getting back into the swing of things because the idea, you know, as soon as you walked out, and I'm guessing that they get told that where your hometown is. So, you know, the idea that you don't understand that that's the pavilion from your outfit makes no sense to me whatsoever because that's very clearly the minarets and the turrets on top of the pavilion, which is like the iconic building in Brighton. So either you're going to come as the fucking pier, which... No. Or you're going to come as the pavilion. Well, I'm going to go as the pavilion. Of course I am. Like, that is the iconic part of Brighton. Well, the the, the, the phrasing was queen of your hometown. So, but, why not have the pavilion as a crown? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. You so, know, and I think they, they, they said that I was being too clever and that I overthought <laughs> it. But I was like, I don't think I could have been any more literal. Yeah. Apart from putting yeah, a pier and a seagull on your head. 
Oh, a seagull would have done it. That would have looked there great. There it is. She's Brighton. Brighton. Nice bit of shit got it. down here. Like, it would have looked fantastic. That's what you should have done. Or maybe a donut being stolen out of your hand by a, sea- by a seagull. Um, what Was there any other judges' comments um, to the other contestants that you disagreed with? What, four other people? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I remember the exact phrase, but there was someone uh, that they said, like, oh, now you've explained it. That's amazing. <laughs> like, right. You just told me that if I have to explain it, that it isn't right. But, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Um, Joe, so something that got cut from it, um, and I, I won't get told off for this because it's fairly harmless. There's something that got cut from it. Wait a minute. <laughs> that um, I'm absolutely devastated because I wanted to put it on posters. Was Elizabeth Hurley saying, darling, on my notes, I've written. And then she looks down at her notes, back up at me, down back at the notes, up at me, and then goes, scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I go, it's oh, true. Brilliant. brilliant. Um, I just wanted to put in big old letters on my posters. Scary, Elizabeth Hurley. That's it. But no, I can't uh, do that now, can I? She was a fun judge. I enjoyed watching her on on the but show. camp, isn't she? Yeah, I thought she was very good with the puns. She did very well with that. You know, much much quicker than a lot of judges are in terms of firing out some puns. That was, she did it. She did a good effort yeah, on she that. Was great. I'm just not quite so sure about her actual judging. Oh right, okay. What, Joe? What did you think of the uh, of their choice of lip sync song for you guys? Oh, I mean, that was a pretty fun one, to be honest. Okay. Um, I think that there's there's something inherently absurd about the fact that uh, I was dressed in a 17th century inspired <laughs> costume while lip syncing to Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and okay. uh, would would any other song have given me the opportunity to pretend I was in a lift? Maybe not. <laughs> Perhaps not, no, yeah, because it was quite, it felt like quite a different one because we're so used to seeing the poppy ones that you can sort of move quite easily across the stage to at quite speed. And then this is quite, it can be taken quite slowly really as well. Well, the thing thing is, no matter what song I was given, I wasn't going to be able to move that quickly anyway. Did you see what I was wearing? So watching the lip sync back, is there anything in that that you would have changed? Um, I would have worn uh, an easier costume. Like a reveal. Just a pair of knickers and bra. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or as or as Elizabeth Hurley put it, heaving bums. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine ripping oh. it off and then it's just all this like, you know, just 1700 tits. padding. Like just like rolls, rolls and rolls, all like like beautifully done. There's like, you know, the, the structure of uh you know, some sort of seventeen hundreds camp icon, you know? I think that's what it should have been. But, you know, it is what it is, darling. So that was going down in a lift. That was the idea with the the squashing down in the lift. Because I I didn't, I I didn't know. So uh, I was like, is it, um, what a world, what a world, look at my beautiful wickedness. (laughs) You know, that's what it looked Um, like to me. Because as the the dress sort of billowed up, it it was, for me, really reminiscent of that mainly because I'm a bit obsessed with that film. But, um, you know, knowing your kind of aesthetic and then your sort of, uh, 
the things that you draw from i thought oh maybe it's maybe it's come from there well i think that might that might be a uh a camera editing issue because like if they if it was filmed straight on it was like button lower, check my watch oh the lift stuck bang 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 woof, woof, bang go okay. for it but i think yeah when it was cutting between it was a little bit like even i watched it and i was like does this read his lift <laughs> okay <laughs> So now that makes sense. Now now we know what was going on. Um, after the episode aired, we asked your fans for some questions for you. So we're going to do a real quick fire round of questions right now. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, I love that I have fans. Let's do... Oh, you have fans. Yes. You do. You do. Let's go. Are we ready? So Adam wants to know, do you believe in the conspiracy that tops get sent home first? First Gothy and now you. <laughs> well, yes, apparently so. I, I believe it's, uh, you know, shaming going on. I, I'm not shaming anybody's cock. I, I'd just be grateful to see one if I'm quite honest. Uh, <laughs> Gia wants to know, who was the trade of the season for you? Who was the one who really uh, swung your bell? Bimini. Bimini. Oh my God! Such sure. a beautiful body. I love. I you know I love the unusual and the queer, and you know they're doing all that. Yeah, agreed. Fully agreed. Perfect. They also want to know how is Klaus doing? How is Klaus? Klaus is all right. I think he's sleeping at the moment, but he's always sleeping. Um. He was uh, last night causing absolute chaos um, and tearing everything apart because I think he wasn't getting the attention that he's so used to because I was sat on my phone, like looking at all of these notifications. Um, but yes, he's good. He's, he's still hairless. Um, he's got his lovely hoodie on at the moment. And he's yeah, wrapped, wrapped, wrapped in a, under a yellow blanket in the other room. <laughs> now, George wants to know, these are his words, uh, not mine, just in case anybody from... The BBC is listening, or from Drag Race for that matter. How do you feel about being robbed harder than Shangela in All Stars 3? <laughs> I mean, has uh, anyone called the police? Or... <laughs> <laughs> There's been a robbery! Yes, yes, I need to, I, I, I just fill out, I, um, you know, I need to fill out some forms, I think, for a report. You need a crime reference number, that's what you need. You do, you do, for insurance purposes. <laughs> you do. Um, so Lauren would like to know, uh, how do you feel about Barack Obama following you on Twitter? It's strange when that happened. Um, that was not a recent thing. That's a, I, the Venus base is hilarious. Oh, is it quite, is it not recent? No, that was a while ago. I remember getting the notification. I don't follow Barack Obama. Okay. Oh, I'd follow him back. Definitely if Barack Obama gave me a follow. Feeling that it might not actually be Barack Obama controlling the account. Oh, right, okay. But it is the official account. Yeah. It's It's got his blue tick. But, you know, they. I mean, I'm okay. not trying to downplay this, but he does follow quite a lot of people. Now, Kirk wants to know, do you want to go for coffee? Hashtag crushing. Oh. I, ha I have I've had many coffees today, but I would happily join you for a peppermint tea. There you go, Kirk. Peppermint tea on the way. Yeah. Hashtag crushing. Where is he? Do you think he's in Brighton? That would be handy. We'll have to find... We'll find out. <laughs> did that thing when I searched my own name on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And there was someone that had just tweeted, I'd shag Joe Black. So I reposted it and said, go on then. Damn. And I think they were, they were a bit shocked that I'd found it. They didn't tag me in it. They'd just written, I'd shag Joe Black. And I was like, yeah, go on. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if it was going to be me, it would be Perfect. I've I've shagged Davina De Campo because uh, I've been around. You know, I've had the time. <laughs> <laughs> People keep going oh, like to me. What would you do? If somebody sold the story. What would you do if somebody told, you know, just, I would be uh, like, nobody cares who I've had sex with. Are you insane? People would be like, okay, yeah. that person needs therapy. Not, It's not going to go <laughs> in a national newspaper, is it? They're going to need a reference to the NHS. So um, Ginger Boy would like to know, who would you have done in Snatch Game? Well, I auditioned with Mystic Meg. Um, oh, good shout. Uh, yeah, and Edith Piaf as well. Though somebody did her in Canada, but I brought Tallulah Bankhead, who is uh, everyone goes who. <laughs> um, but yeah, nineteen thirties actress, who um, you know, chronic chronic bronchitis, um, lots of illicit affairs with the women of Hollywood. Love that. Amy wants nice. to know if you could have tea with anyone living. What? What the hell? If you could have tea with anyone living, what colour shoes would you wear? So they don't want to know who I'd have tea with. No, what colour shoes would you wear to have tea with them? <laughs> black and gold. Let's go with black and gold. Love that. Good choice. Oh, perfect. Um, Lauren wants to know, knowing uh, sorry, knowing you went home first, how are you coping with the lead up to the episode? Um, also, you are fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, I, I was fired up until about maybe a week and a half before. And then it suddenly hit me. I was like, oh, God, here we go. Yeah, long, I can imagine. Yeah. In terms of what happened, like I hadn't registered that. No, well, no, no, people will see this now, and quite a lot of people, because I think statistically speaking, the first episode is always the one that gets the most views. Mm. Probably. So, uh, no, it's. I think it's the best episode, the Snatch Game and finale, <clears throat> typically with Drag Race, because you. I mean, there's much more casual viewers than than you think, because we, you know, we know still hardcore fans, and we, you know, we know the the franchise, but there are people that just check in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Georgelina wants to know, would you come back for season three UK or do Dracula? Um, I need a little bit of a nap before I uh, try to go on another season. Uh, so, no to free. And, and, and Dracula, I'm not, I'm, I'm not so up for getting, like, you know, the word slag tattooed on my forehead if I don't do well. And my, as, as my current um, track record stands with drag-based competitions... Um, I think the likeliness of me having to get like filthy old scrubber tattooed on my eyelids would be pretty high. So um, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I have the, um, the, 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 the such dark inner depths for Dracula as, um, as, 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 as I think co- constitution is the word I'm looking for. Uh, right. Cherry Valentine would be fantastic at it. She's proper horror. Mm. I'm horror, but oh, with yeah. jazz hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> This is it, yeah. Um, Proge- uh, Producer Entertainment Group or PEG, the guys there said, no question, it's just that we like. Uh, so that's compliment there for you from them. Uh, it actually says oh. Stan, but... Actually said, I didn't understand. Did you understand what that yes, meant? Yes, darling, how old are you? Jesus Christ. I'm only, I'm only like <laughs> two years older than you. Exactly. I know, yeah. <laughs> I, used, I, I literally had to message Connor while we were talking saying I don't understand what that means. <laughs> all right finally in this quick fire round green tube of disgrace wants to know where and when can we see more of you well i've got a patreon so it's patreon.com forward slash mr joe black that's m-i-s-t-e-r not m-r 
um, and YouTube and, and Instagram and things. So my, you know, I'm not shying away just because I've left the competition. The content is coming and it's coming thick and fast. We love it thick and fast. <laughs> <laughs> Girthy and quick. <laughs> oh, God. Now, we have actually got... Um, we're super excited to see what you've got in store. But before we let you go, we've got some messages from fans. Now, Connor, are you playing this, darling? Hi, Joe. It's Jorgelina here. Just wanted you to know uh, I was rooting for you since I knew you were going to be on season two. And I am completely furious that you got eliminated. It made no sense at all as you are a very talented, amazing artist that showed that every second you were on the screen. Uh, I really hope to see more of you all over the internet and TV because the world adores you already. Love you and take care. Bye-bye. Hey Joe, this is Marlene speaking. No, just kidding. It's just me, misbehavior. Yes, again. I just wanted to let you know that the whole Sinister Circle Team Joe Black is very proud of you and we all think you absolutely killed it. And as you have written at your mirror message of Wiedersehen, which is English for until we meet again, we will meet again soon. We love you and we are very, very proud of you. And God bless the chin. <laughs> Hi Joe, it's Simply Cat here from the Sinister Circle. Just wanted to say that you completely smashed both of those runways. You Campbell bitch. Team Joe Black forever. We love you so much. Mwah. Oh. Oh. So that was so lovely. The Sinister Circle is the cult that I've started. Yes. Which is very exciting. I mean, <laughs> you know, most people have got a fan group, but you have a cult. So I think we have one more message, do we, Connor? Hey, Joe, it's Maggie here. Just want to let you know how amazing you are. Your runway looks were stunning, and clearly some people have not been to the Brighton Pavilion. Keep going, because you're amazing. That's so, so lovely. But of course, you came into the competition already with a fan base. You know, you already had people who were following you and... Uh, love and respect what it is that you do and what you're about. So um, I was saying this last night, you know, out of everybody in that competition, actually, I think in terms of a career, this won't damage you. All it will do is help because you're already at that point where people are following and interested in what you're doing. So all, all that this is going to do is help that grow. So I'm super excited to see what comes from you next. And it's been such a joy chatting with you again, Joe. Thank you. It's been such a, such a joy chatting with you all as well. It's, yeah, it's. Well, it has. Thank you for coming back. Oh yeah. Even though it was just for one episode, last night was amazing. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Kept us all entertained. Can't wait to see what you do next. <laughs> Me too. Love you. Love you too, dears. Bye, baby. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it. You got it. 
I won't hold back. Come snatch it, come take it. All yours right off the rack. No wanting, no waiting. You shake me down, you touch it, you taste it. Come take me here and now. Try it and buy at the top of the stack. Bag it and snag it, no need to attack. Instant and present, hit go and play back. Right now, right now. Take it and tame it, walk me to the door. Have it and hold it, you only want more. Live it and love it, you've got it, it's yours. Right now, right now. 